Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of the Pack Filler Podcast once again brought to you by our friends at Giant Bicycles. Giantbicycles.com is the website How do you define the ultimate cycling experience? Well, that is up to you. The mission at Giant is to help make it happen, to create the ultimate cycling experience for all riders all around the world. Big thanks to Giant for being involved. Also, big thanks to Scratch Labs. Scratch Labs, if you have not been onto their website lately, get over there. Scratchlabs.com. They've got a blog with recipes, you guys. And this is this is outside of the product line they do. They have recipes of fuel, cookie mix recipes, breakfast tacos, breakfast tacos, uh, puddings, high, immune juice, mousse, lime, watermelon lime slushy. Are you kidding me? And some of the best fueling recipe for rice cakes that you can actually use during the ride itself. They have this really cool kind of a wax foil paper that you foil over, uh, fold over the, the the bars themselves. Great stuff, great information, and great fueling ideas and products. Thanks to Scratch Labs for being a part of the podcast. Speaking of the podcast, let's do one. Welcome to another episode of the Pack Filler Podcast. I'm Pat Bolger, and we are nowhere near my studio right now, and my microphone level is low, so I'm going to keep bringing it up because I'm a professional broadcaster. Uh, it's getting closer to completion, but that doesn't matter right now. We're on location at Mojo Cycles, Mojo Cyclery in Spokane Valley. Um, you've likely have heard from at least one of our guests today from the podcast, but uh, those were a while ago, so I figured it was time to kind of bring all that back. 
Mojo, in case you guys didn't know, is a true definition of what I label the LBS, the local bike shop. Small operation, friendly personalities, passionate about all things bikes. I'm not sure if they are doing it on purpose, but uh, the shop is becoming one of the one-stop locations for all things gravel in the Spokane area, and that's what we're here to talk about. So let's meet the panel. First off, he's in the middle. He's the owner of this fine establish establishment. The Mo stands for Morgan. The Joe stands for Johnson. I hope I'm right Correct. because it, it'd be a hell of a hell of a coincidence if it wasn't. Um, he leads the cartel. <laughs> uh, let's welcome back to the show, Morgan Johnson. Morgan, how are you, man? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for being here, by the way, as it, well. Oh, it's awesome being here. Um, I, I did have a nice, huge uh, thing for Josh, but Josh isn't here, so Josh is a jackass. I think uh, yesterday's ride probably wore him out. Probably so broke he, him I down. Think he's taking a nap. Yeah. <laughs> the he cracks pretty good. Yeah. Did he? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're, we're going to have uh, the, the second here at the shop that we always see Josh Hess. But uh, fortunately, we got somebody who's pretty dang cool and qualified to stand in for him. He just finished the 100 of the Dirty Kanza, and um, he had a great bunch of stories before I turned on the recorder to talk about it. So we're going to pick his brain some more on that. Welcome to the show, Brett Peterson. How are you, man? I'm great. Thanks for having me. And uh, last but not least, he's new to the show. He's definitely uh, cut from his own mold. I mean that as a compliment. Uh, he puts on events around the area that nobody dares to attempt. He's an ultra-endurance gravel rider. He can air it out when needed and is still the only person I've seen wearing bib shorts over his jersey for an extended <laughs> period of time. Um, uh, I, we'll talk about that, too, here in a bit. So uh, welcome to the show, Justin Short. How are you, man? I'm fantastic. You guys, um, I wanted the show to do this show for a few reasons. Um, I want to get to the heart of all things gravel, and I, I think we got a pretty good panel for it. Um, but first off, I kind of want to get a background of where we are and where this has all taken place. Um, and I guess we're going to have to throw that uh, your way, Morgan. Um, sure. how, how did this shop came to be? What was your experience, and where were you at the point going, you know what, damn it, I want to open my own? You know, I think it, it came from uh, a long line of working for other people and just being passionate about cycling and everything and finally saying that I'm going to do my own with the uh, blessing of my wife behind me, I think, is the biggest thing as well. But I'm 16 years into it and going on three years of zoning my own. So it took me a while to get here, but I, I, you know, I think it's just the love of bikes and wanting to do my own thing. I can't imagine that moment where you're, this is a big leap. It's scary. Yeah. Uh, it's still scary. And, you know, and, uh, and we live in a community where <laughs> there are, you know, well, we don't live in a community. We live in a time where it consists of. Online sales, people immediately go on to whatever and website. That's the hardest thing to compete with. You're yeah. right. And and keeping it small, you, you know, we have this one location. Um, there are other stores in town who have multiple locations. And, and how is there a way, is, is there a conscious decision to try and compete with that? Or is, do you build your own niche? No, you, you know, in fact, I, I great respect for the other shops that have multiple locations, but I have no desire to do it. Um, we kind of have this mission statement out of here, Josh and myself, of keep it tight and right to where I like the fact when you come in, you can speak with the owner or his right-hand man, and you know what you get. And uh, just, you know, too many places, it, it gets a little diluted in my opinion, but yeah. uh, that's it. Every store seems to find its own piece of the pie. Mm -hmm. um, where does Mojo fit in that pie of Spokane cycling in the area and the region? Well, I, you know, I think being that we're smaller, we kind of took on something that we were passionate about. Both Josh and I came into this store riding gravel. This was something that we got up. We were like, hey, let's go on the weekend and do this. And 
So when I opened this shop, I was like, well, let's focus on that. And we love riding mountain bikes. We'll do some road stuff, but you know, the gravel's taken off so much. It's just, it's one bike literally that can do most things. And so we do it, we love it. And that's what we're about. So was that the decision when you guys started that you're going to focus on that style of primarily riding? Definitely. Really? Definitely, yeah. It was. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, it almost seemed like, I mean, cause I just got to know you over the last year or two yeah, and yeah. it seemed like it was <clears throat> gravel wasn't, correct me if I'm wrong. Gravel wasn't what it is now two years ago. Oh, no, I, I think it's taken shape in every store that you go in now. I yeah. mean, it has to at this point, it's not a fad. It's something that, uh, I, you know, I hate to lo- use the term millennial, but they want that one bike for everything. And that's how a lot of them are wired. And, uh, you know, gravel speaks to them because of that. How does it work with such a small staff? They always say, in some cases, if you want to stop riding your bike, open a bike <laughs> shop. Work at a bike shop, yeah. No, I, there's a lot of truth behind that. Um, I, I think we do a fairly good job with a mission statement and trying to keep balance as far as we still ride. I mean, I think that that's the reason we got into this. You have to keep it in check, you know. And so we're always going to be closed Sunday, Monday. Uh, that means Josh is off Sunday, Monday, not me. Um, but uh, – no, we, we, we try to make time, and I think we do a pretty good job about getting out in the culture and, you know. Yeah, I mean, and I'm sure the, the entire panel, we've all been on one of the <clears throat> shop rides, mm-hmm. and um, you guys tend to kind of play the gamut here. Um, are shop rides, in your opinion, a mandatory part of owning a bike shop anymore? A thousand percent. It they has are. to be. Um, it, 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 it's inviting to people that normally wouldn't ride. Um, it shows people different routes out there that maybe you're more accustomed to. And it's, once again, it's building that culture. It's building friends. I mean, half the people I'm friends with wouldn't, I wouldn't be friends with if I didn't ride a bike. You know, it's just, that's how I met them. That's how we connect. And are they loyal? Uh, <laughs> Do you ever see somebody roll up on a new Nash bar bike? I hate to use that. Oh, word of course, you know, and I, and I don't look at that as a loyalty thing. Um, there's a lot of good brands out there. I don't carry necessarily every single good brand on the planet. Um, I, I do think we do better at certain things, and there's certain things we need to do better at or whatever, but uh, I, I wouldn't consider that a loyalty factor. Loyal is uh, if they show up on a bike and ride really? with us. I think wow. that's more. That Okay, that takes, a, that takes some I, – I don't know. Personally, I'd be like, Okay, you know, you've been, we've been pals. You've been showing up. You're drinking my beer, and screw you. You show up on a bike, or you know, even I even keep the, that deep heaven, down. You say, okay, okay, the truth comes out. Nah, it's just you know, it's the finger goes up behind the guy's head as yeah, he's driving sure. away. It is about riding bikes. You just got to make sure you're a little bit faster climbing the hill on the bikes that you sell. <laughs> right on. Well, I'm, I'm going to open it up a little bit more to the the panel as a whole. Um, we have three guys who I consider. Um, pretty consistent performers in the genre and and the style of riding so um i guess we'll we'll start with you here man what what brought you to this form of riding what was your background and what made you switch to this style or emphasize on this style of riding well uh my first road bike was a you know after riding bmx for a lot of years first road bike was a cannondale crit bike and i'd find myself out in the middle of the santa cruz forest on that thing and (laughs) some some uh, folks would roll up on mountain bikes like, you're riding the wrong equipment, kook. You know? Really? And uh, I'm like, well, 
there's woods here. I've got a bike. I'm here, <laughs> you know. Uh, but a couple of years ago, it was a night just like this. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I heard about the Midnight Century and went and and uh, I went on an old uh, early '90s. Bridgestone and got the hell beat out of me, and I thought, "Oh my God, I love this!" <laughs> and and, and I, I was ready to, uh, okay, I'm going to start the hunt because I had heard about gravel cycling. I had, I had a subscription to, uh, what was it, Bicycling Times or something? Oh uh, wow! I don't, I, yeah, I don't yeah, even it's know like that a, one. It's yeah. like a commuter centric. Okay thing but they were always doing articles on you know you'd hear about gravel grinders and that was before like gravel bikes were available and that was around 2012 and I moved here and then uh, and I hadn't really ridden road much because the pavement here sucks (laughs) (laughs) yeah it does getting the hell knocked out of me and and so uh, you know I go on this ride and I I, you know when you get up over Quinimos my god there's there's just this view that you can't see but you know it's like why haven't I ridden here before? And and then, you know, you're just goofing off with all the people you're riding with all night and people, you know, shop owners yeah. are, you know, staggering out of the weeds with a six pack in their hands that they stashed there earlier <laughs> in the day. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, it was just a, uh, a good time. That's what got you in. That's what got you hooked. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I was like, okay, well, let's, let's get a proper bike for this. And then, you know, I, I saw the, the, the blue open frame hanging in the in the mojo booth at the uh <laughs> which i'll have you know originally i was building that for myself so. <laughs> yeah. i just imagined so for sorry while you're describing the story by the way great job to narrative here because i'm imagining the scene from a christmas story where ralphie's staring at the at the bb gun inside yeah. the, inside the christmas window totally you're just that. pressed up against the glass outside going i want it yeah i definitely shot my eye out <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So that was just recent, the open. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That was uh, was that the first year of the uh, the expo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I saw that thing. I demoed other things. I read articles, and and, and I was finding out, that, you know, after I pulled the trigger on that open, I found out afterwards. You know, found some podcasts and things, and they're like, oh, I bought the right bike. Really? And yeah. Yeah. And and uh, yeah, that just turned into one right after the next. Uh, meeting up with Josh Hess and. And, you know, but my, the, the event I was gunning for was the Midnight Century. Really? And, you know, it was a blast. You know, the first year I was picturing, you know, dozens of people hanging out at the Elk pre-gaming. <laughs> I was the only one there. I said to the bartender, uh, where are all the people from the Midnight Century? She said, where, what's the Midnight Century? Really? Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, about 10 minutes before, you know, a little crowd shows yeah. up and off we go. Okay. Uh, but, you know, last year. There were a bunch of people there, yeah. and it was a blast. And you know, like Morgan and and uh, John from the Bike Hub, and the, you know, all these other people have been in the bike business here for years. You know, you see them all geeking out together and, and having a beer. And it was just, you know, it was a community that that uh, I, I uh, think I connected with. You know, yeah. I, th- I think there's going to be a lot of that when yeah. we discuss as we get going here. It has to do a lot with. The people involved. Um, the gravel community seems, it reminds me of the mountain biking community in the early 90s. It's much more relaxed. Everybody's kicked back. Everybody's having a good time and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So that seems like kind of where it goes. Uh, Morgan, 
I know, you, you know, obviously from the shop, you had to focus on this, but what, what was the point where you went from, you know, okay, it's road, it's mountain. Well, I want to see what fits in here, you know? Well, you know, truthfully, I think uh, a lot of it comes down to listening to people and what they want. I, you know, I would classify this genre as something as a bike that you can leave from your front door with no plan. And when you explain that to people and say, Hey, I want to turn down this road. I want to climb this road. I want to ride pavement. I want to ride dirt. You have something that's adequate, and they'll do everything. Um, it, it's a hassle-free. And so I think w when you listen to a lot of people talk to about that and say, hey, I like to do a little bit of this. I like to do a little bit of this. This genre makes complete sense just based on that. And they're finding now, and myself included, I mean, this is a technically sound bike. The geometry is better. The tire options or wheel size is amazing, um, unless you send it like Justin. I mean, it's you're, you're going to be a-okay. And so I, I think it is literally a bike that can almost handle anything. In fact, I've seen Justin jump this open, and it scared me a little bit, but uh, well, he <laughs> yeah. did quite well. <laughs> the evil giggle that came out of you. We are having a big air preem at, uh, <laughs> at the Dirty Spokane's of this year. So. <laughs> It's not a milk chucking contest again. <laughs> oh, after, uh, right before the milk chucking uh, <laughs> preem at the bottom of Upchuck. It says international incident written all over it. Yeah. But no, uh, Pat, I think you hit it right. It, as far as like it is a welcoming community, it's something new. I'm born and raised here, yeah. and I'm riding things now that I never knew existed. And so if you can turn other people on to that kind of atmosphere and say, hey, let's go on a ride. I know we've ridden right by this road, but this is going to turn you on to something new. Yeah. Uh, Brett. What brought you to it? What was your background, and what brought you to this style? And, and well, what brought you to Kansas, for good <laughs> God, man? That's a funny story, but <laughs> I've ridden just about everything as long as I can remember. I started road racing way back, well, we don't want to date myself, back in the 80s. And I took breaks here and there. I got into triathlon for a while, burned myself out on that. Was actually burned out on all cycling, and I started coming here for uh, Pain Cave. And Morgan's okay. like, you got to try gravel. And I'm like, okay. And it's the same reason I own a Jeep. I see a road. I want to drive it. I want to ride it. I got a gravel bike. I wow. can go anywhere I want to go. Okay. That's that's actually a perfect, you know, straightforward response to that. And, and it's sounding, you know, we're sitting here in front of a row of bikes, and I'm, I'm just thinking about, I remember when I was when I was young and I was big into road. I spent, you know, I was, I started in the '80s as a roadie, you know, and um, I thought that was one of the most freeing experiences in my life. And then mountain biking came along, and all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, now I don't have to be restrained to the road. And here the the evolution is is almost becoming complete there, and it just seems to open it up even more. Um, what is it about the style? Uh, you know, we talked about the culture. We talked about the people. Um, what is it about the style that, and anybody can answer this at any time, that uh, is making it such a movement of sorts? You mentioned millennials, Morgan, and, you know, is it? Well, I think it is, you know, attitude a little bit. Um, the N plus one thing, it's still there, but I think <laughs> it is disappearing a little bit. I think uh, people are like, well, why do I need six bikes when I can have one in the holster that actually can do almost anything? So I, I, I think we're seeing that transformation. Um, plus, I, I, I think you're seeing the technology take shape. I mean, these things, you know, everybody says, well, you can use a cross bike on this, which definitely you, you could use anything you want if you're good enough. But what you're finding is geometry is better. There's no toe crossover. 
uh, wheel and tire size are better. So, I mean, I, there's so many technological advances in this genre that makes sense. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there, there's two ways to look at it. Okay. Anybody got a reason why I this is so popular? still need six bikes. You still need six bikes? <laughs> I still need six bikes. Yeah. Most people yeah. should have six bikes, at <laughs> least. Yeah. But We got an applause from the, <laughs> <laughs> the wife of the owner. Goes, yeah, 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 I got yeah, a mortgage. We're, we're, we're going to keep Morgan in business here, yeah. <laughs> For me, it's a lot, uh, maybe the safety issue, because the road, you're always looking over your shoulder. You don't know what's coming up behind you. And on gravel, you can disappear and not see a car for hours. And you can do the same on mountain bikes, but I don't know. There's something about gravel where you can, like Morgan said, you can go anywhere you want to go. You see a road, I want to take that road and see where it goes. Yeah, that seems to be the thing, you know, like, where does that go? That's that's kind of yeah. my impetus. Is yeah, yeah, the adventure, yeah. Um, I uh, My son and I took a ride on his brand-new bike that we purchased from this very store today the maiden voyage was today and i was telling him while we were on the ride that i i i've lived in this city more or less coming up on 50 years yes i just told everybody my age um and the roads we were on today i have this was the second time i've ever been on any of them and they were five miles from my house And I just, I, I stopped and we, we took photos and I was b- blown away at the views. I think you were talking about, yeah. uh, Justin, about the views. Yeah, that's a trip, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> and you're going, wait, I'm five minutes from my house, five miles from my house, and I never knew this existed. And I can't necessarily say it's just the bike that, that is responsible for that, but when I got on the bike today, I'm, I'm still on a cyclocross bike. I don't have a full-on gravel bike yet. My, my kid got the gravel bike in the house. But um, that, and that will soon be remedied. Um, but uh, I almost felt guilty riding it on the road. Do any of you guys get to that point where you're like, going, okay, I'm on my gravel bike. I got to get off, take it off, and go where it's supposed to be? You know, to be honest, and uh, too bad Josh isn't here because he could answer this probably better than anyone. Um, I think there's a sense of pride of riding these things on the road. So he'll always go back to the Chafe 150 last year. Uh, rode it on 650s with Gravel Kings on there. <laughs> and he's like, and I averaged 18 miles an hour, you know, and, and he should be proud of that. And it's like, so I, I think it's a mixed bag, but no, I, I think a lot of us, uh, what we'd call grodies actually kind of look forward to riding these things on the road. Yeah. It's nice to get a reprieve and get some straightforward miles, you know? And yeah. And you don't, you don't hop on a road bike when you're doing that or you, does the open the, your bike of choice? Yeah. That, that is my road bike. It is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cause you, I saw you in the, ch- I saw photos of you in the chafe, and you had, you were, you were loaded down too, man. I, I, there was a lot of gear on that bike. Well, you never, you don't want to run out of stuff and have to eat someone on the ride. I think he does have a teapot and a coffee pot that he usually carries with him. So. <laughs> and and uh, we we do we are in the midst of two riders who've done some pretty mammoth events just this year alone, uh, Brett. Tell me about. I was asking you about before we even started the recorder. Tell me about Kanza and tell me about. Uh, you had a great description of what made it, what it is, what's so legendary. The thing about Kanza, it's not. It's not the terrain. It's not the course. I mean, you you do some elevation, but it's all up and down. It's it's the conditions and it's the fact that it's unsupported. You're out there in the middle of nowhere. There's no sag wagon, and if you don't finish. 
all you can do is call your support team if you have one to come get you so and it got hot that day and i think the challenge with kansas is the conditions and uh i think a lot of it's mental because you're out there by yourself unless you're one of the fast guys in the pack in the peloton but yeah right but for the rest of us who have to last two or three hours between aid stations it's uh it's tough it's a challenge and i think that's why i want to go back and do the 200 because i uh i think i uh i think i could do better than i did in the 100 i just got it it's all it's all mental you've taken the gateway drug is what you're saying yeah yes yeah. yes and, I, and <laughs> in the, the back of my it's the marijuana of <laughs> the red cycle. pill yeah. in the back of my head i'm thinking how could i do the 350 how could i do the xl <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> what is it about that event that makes it so huge and that people are clamoring does it sell out i don't even know yeah, if it, it does it yeah. fills out we uh we got in through a lottery we were lucky because we signed up as a team that's actually how I got talked into it. Okay. I got a text one day, said, hey, let's go do the Dirty Kansas 100. We'll do it as a team. It increases your chances to get in. I'm like, okay. Uh-huh. Thinking we wouldn't get in, but we got in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I can and, see uh, that email. <laughs> oh, shit. Got to start training. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess I got to start riding now. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and I think it it's probably similar to the... Uh, the culture down at uh, Leadville, it's yeah. uh, they give you patches for the 200, depending on what time you finish. They have several different patches. You get, uh, let me see, you get 21 hours to finish the 200, 36 hours to finish the 350. Oh. And some of them take every one of those hours to, to get to the, the 3 a.m. cutoff. Yeah. See, but it's just you, and, and that's what makes it so great. It's just you versus the conditions. And if you don't plan for it and you don't have the right food, there's no quick stops out there. They say to bring money in the, in the race brochure in case you want to stop and get something. There's nowhere to stop. There's nothing. There's bribing nobody. A, bribing a farmer for <laughs> some eggs. There's no cars. Like there's not awesome. even farmers. There's nothing. As far as you can see, there's absolutely nothing. Um. You said something about, and I, I think this is where cycling is going, and I've, I've talked a lot on this podcast about the state of road racing, um, that you said it's you against the course. Um, yes, you're in a race with a bunch of other people, and you're trying to catch the person in front of you. In road racing, we, we run into this situation. If you get dropped in a crit, you're pulled, or you're just riding. Um, but at these types of racing... This type of racing, it's not that anymore. You are still going. You are still competing, even though it's just internally. And I think that's where that's where the sport as a whole, every type of top tube you straddle, I think that's where the sport is going. Um, so I, I also wanted to talk to you about your mammoth event. Tell us, tell the listeners what the hell you did to yourself this year. Oh, my goodness, yes. The, uh, the Cross Washington mountain bike route. Uh, mountain bike is the key mountain bike yeah Yeah. and you did it on the open i did it on the open yeah and there were people riding uh 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 i don't know there was some guy on it riding a uh long haul trucker set up with 32s you know (laughs) bags on the front and he's just kind of carving through the through the deep loose gravel head and it looked pretty frightening uh total mileage what was the total Uh, 711 
711 miles. Yes. Um, how many days? Uh, well, I was I had a week off from work, and you know, <laughs> it, it was like Brett's thing. You know, when you find out, oh God, I can do this. You know, and I yeah. found out I was going to get that that week off from work. I thought, oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't sure I was going to finish, let alone crack the top ten. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, four days, sixteen hours. You know, so there's a grand depart, and there's people who are out there ditch napping, and really, and uh, you know, the guy who set the course record this year. I uh, did it in three days and 13 hours. And his wife came in a full day ahead of me. Yeah. Uh, I, I came in eighth place. She came in seventh. You know? <laughs> so it's like oh, it's I would have had to shave 24 hours basically to <laughs> improve my chances. One place is a full day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, I was, I was eyeballing the route and I'm like, oh, there's a hotel here. There's a hotel here. So and you you crashed at hotels. You I were glanced. Smart yeah. I, I, uh, okay. I didn't even bring camping gear. Right on. And. You know, I've I've done the uh, uh, kitchen sinker bike touring, and you know, I, I don't feel like I have anything to prove there. You know, I was just like, how much crap do I want to carry? Because I yeah. always carry way too much crap. Ask yeah. these guys. You know, <laughs> we're going on on a two hour ride. I bring enough for a continental crossing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you do need a good cup of coffee, he will have it. He's though. got <laughs> it. Let me just break out the, bu- yeah. the burger and the yeah. Well, yeah. There's the espresso machine back <laughs> the there behind press. the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what popped into your? I know we, we you know. We had Jay. I had Jason after he finished the the cross America kind of a th- ride he did. Mm-hmm. And was that what inspired you to do this, or was it just no? When, when late I night f- drinking and getting on the internet and yeah, signing up for when, something. When I <laughs> saw Jason's thing, I thought, oh hell no. And yeah. uh, but a friend of mine said, hey, I'm going to do this thing. I'm like, there's no way I'll be able to get that week off. And then I found out, and so I texted him, all right, I'm in, and. Uh, you know, then a few weeks later, he's like, "Yeah, I can't do it." <laughs> and, oh God, yeah. And so, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a recon mission for the team. Then I guess, and uh, yeah, and as as winter turned into spring, you know, I was trying to put on more and more long rides and and finding out, uh, you know, things about how to prepare. Yeah. A little too late, I thought. Like, well, I wish I knew that a few months ago. You know, I was listening to your show, and you know, you had the guy from the Sufferfest on, and, yeah. and and you know, it was at the ten-hour race. When is that? In April? Yeah, I think it's April. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, it was there when I discovered how uh, you know I need to totally uh, educate myself about nutrition for these things. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I was having trouble there. I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know, uh, what to eat cause I was bonking and bloated and full at the end of the day. And I thought, <laughs> See, you've, you've, you're taking on this. It's, it just seems like kind of like a, Oh, okay. Kind of a mentality. And, and, uh, you know, the, re- I, I, I personally, if I was thinking of something like that, I would talk myself out of it. I was thinking, okay, I'm going to do this event. I'm going to go across the state. I'm going to do it on a gravel bike. Where Was everybody else on mountain bikes for this kind of a thing? No, no, they, they ran the gamut. Did, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I think to myself, this is just crazy. Is was it an is it an organized actual event, or is yeah. it just like, let's all meet here? Yeah, there's and, a grand depart, and then there's a, there's a GPS link. Really? And the guy who built the route has a twisted sense of humor. <laughs> you know, so yeah. there's, there's crotch deep creek crossings. And, really? And... Yeah, I dropped my GoPro in one. So. Oh shit! <laughs> so, so we'll have footage up to that point when I make the feature film. But 
Somewhere there's a GoPro. I did an enduro once, thinking enduro meant endurance, and not knowing that it was you know downhill after downhill after oh, downhill. Yeah. And I had my GoPro mounted on my handlebars, and somewhere there's a GoPro that somebody picked up, which had a beautiful crash footage of it because <laughs> I, I just went down so hard, and my GoPro I think yeah. went flying into the forest that I never saw it again. And somebody p- could have seen that, and just I bet it would be a great you know outtake for YouTube. But yeah. you know you're I welcome. I haven't seen if uh, if the footage is uh, if I can salvage it or not, but yeah, I think there's this one. You know, the camera was still working when I picked it up out of the water, and I thought, "Troy Offwood, you motherfucker!" <laughs> <laughs> you said it to the camera, like, yeah, yeah, oh, perfect, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Cross my fingers that I can salvage that. <laughs> yeah, because you can't re-enact, reenact that. You know, nobody's that method that they could pull off the character and make it believable. Um, so, uh, tell me about. You guys, as, as far as your experiences about the bikes, I started asking you guys about um, the technical elements of of the, of the physical bicycle itself. Um, you know, the the listeners might not know when we're talking about open, we're talking about a specific brand. Um, you know, uh, the the bike we purchased from you just this recent week, uh, a bomb track, beautiful steel bike. Um, uh, absolutely. Steel, yeah, it, keeping it real. Yeah, you know, in my opinion, it's a rolling it's work amazing. of art. I can't yeah. stop staring at my kid's bike. Does <laughs> that sound creepy? Um, it might. But um, the elements that go into the bike itself that make it different. As I said at the, at the earlier on, I'm on a steel cyclocross bike. I put on Gravel Kings because you guys said, dude, that's the put only that way. tire on, and and that made a huge difference because I did the Midnight Century last year on cyclocross tires, and my shoulders and back and wrists are still angry with me <laughs> about it. Um, what is it about the 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 bike itself? In in your guys' opinions, I know Morgan's probably going to have an incredibly you know technical background sure. to it, but uh, that makes it different from the other styles of bikes that you guys ride. Well, uh, you know, to be honest, I've raced a lot of cyclocross in the previous years, and it's a steeper head, head tube angle, seat tube angle, so it makes it more compact in race geometry. But the thing about the gravel bikes is it elongates the wheelbase. So when you're in technical stuff, I call it a mountain bike with drop bars. There's no toe crossover. And I think anybody that's had toe crossover when they turn the wheel, they know exactly what I'm talking about. So yeah. when you, you get into tight switchbacks and stuff, these gravel bikes just, it doesn't... And you don't encounter that. You're able to turn on a dime, do anything where I think in some of the older cross bikes, that style geometry, you're going to run into that issue. Still very doable. Um, longer wheelbase also means different wheel and tire options. You can run 650Bs on most of these. You can run 700Cs. Um, on our Rocky Mountain Solo, I had a 29er by 2.1 on there, and I had a 27.5 by 2.5, and they fit comfortably. So, I, I you know, I think... The options are limitless based on that. So uh, I, I just think they're a, a more technical bike, even though it's not, quote unquote, a race geometry. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. What do you guys run? I, I I know there were a lot of numbers thrown out there and stuff like that, and I yeah, want to get into. Well, no, that's okay. I want to get into the different wheel sizes and what suits what and what is better for what. Um, what do you guys ride? Because I, you know, I went for a ride today and I was on these Gravel Kings, which is basically in my in my mind a, a you know a glorified cyclocross tire. Um, and then I I was riding with a person who was on two point one mountain bike tires on their bike what do you guys what do you what are your choice and what where do you go to what did you do kansas in brad i'm running 700 gravel kings never had an issue 30 psi rides like a like a cadillac over the gravel really everybody else i saw flats the whole route never you had never an flatted issue. wow that's awesome never had an <laughs> issue awesome and i broke the rules by cutting on the sharp stuff to get around people <clears throat> really and uh i don't know it just I never had an issue with the tires or the bike at all. It rode like a Cadillac the whole way. Wow. The body didn't work like a Cadillac, but the bike <laughs> did. <laughs> and was that a conscious choice by you, or was it just like, this is what I've been riding and this is what I'm going in with? You mentioned you talked to a guy the night before the race. Yeah, I did a lot of research on the tires to run, and one of the recommendations was Gravel Kings, and I'd ridden them the whole time. I'd never had an issue, and... I was a little worried about PSI because everybody down there, you hear them all talking, you know, yeah. what PSI you running? <laughs> and they've got digital scales and digital measure, digital PSI uh, pressure checkers, and everybody's fretting over their tire pressure. <laughs> I'm like, well, maybe I should have mine checked because I didn't even check it. I boxed it, uh, built it out of the box from the from the airport from the uh, once we brought it in from the airplane and. Never even checked the pressure, and the night before, I'm like, well, maybe I should check it. Didn't have a pump. Found a guy that was his fifth 200, so he was joining the 1,000-mile club that year, and uh, he had a pump, and he checked it for him, and he said, took my body weight and said, yeah, you should be around 32 PSI, 30 PSI. And wow. He set me up and ran like a champ, so I'm sticking with those numbers. Yeah. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Uh what do you run, man? I mean, is there a conscious decision in what you're doing out there, Justin? Or is it just a... Well, I, I have both, country okay. and western. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. I started out with 700s because I thought, you know, well, I'm I'm replacing a road bike yeah. here. So I went with the 700 by 40s, the, the Mavics. And, you know, you can set those things on the rim with your hand pump. <laughs> you know, a little pump really? you keep in your in your pack yeah, just, yeah you know you can pop those things on with the ceiling no problem uh and, and the difference at the midnight century one year to the next was you know an additional 20 miles an hour downhill on that gravel really you know yeah because i was going like 18 and just yeah yeah you know thinking i was gonna die and then you know next year you're riding those same summer roads out there uh with the the 700 by 40s you know just letting that thing buck i'm like looking at my top this speed. dude does descend like, like a machine 42. though by the way so yeah. 42 on some of those roads yeah 
Oh, okay, I'm going to describe this for the listener. But this is um, imagine washboards from hell. Um, these these roads are. Well, I wasn't just, doing that on Jennings. Well, yeah, but but even still, I mean, some of those descents are insane, and and you're pulling 42 on on those descents. Yeah, no wonder no you know. got the breakfast bar way before I did. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. When when the uh, the cross Washington thing. Uh, came into the horizon i thought all right i'm ready for some 650s so morgan built me up some uh uh i don't know what other wtbs and yeah the kom lights yeah yeah so <laughs> you know I, I got i got two good rides on them before that thing and <laughs> that's preparation folks i, yeah. I, I, was I lose a lot of nights of sleep worrying about this guy riding <laughs> yeah. Too, you know. yeah <laughs> God, I won't yeah yeah so uh yeah i just threw some gravel kings on there and and uh you know, 711 miles over some pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no flats. Really? <laughs> okay. So we got to break this down because I, 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 obviously this is a podcast about cycling and a lot of the cyclists are going to know what the hell we're talking about. I'm, I, I'm using, um, I'm using somebody in our audience who's here and I don't, I won't mention her name because I don't think she wants to be broadcast out loud, but, um, she's not a cyclist and she's probably looking at this going, you guys are speaking a foreign language and there might be some listeners who are going, I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about. Mandarin or Cantonese. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 650, 700, <laughs> gravel kings, all this kind of stuff. Um, there are so many, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like now because of the evolution of disc brakes, you are able to put pretty much any wheel on on a bike now, you know, depending upon frame clearance and things like that. Yeah, definitely dependent on frame clearance. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, when you're looking at one, decide on a frame that does accommodate both wheel sizes yeah. because then you lack for nothing. So what does each style of wheel and tire benefit? What type of situations and circumstances? It, it, it's such a hard argument because you'll get really? the diehard 650s. Yeah. So the, my opinion is 700C, that's traditionally old road style. It's an old road wheel. Yeah. You know, you can do 25s all the way up to 50s on these things, most of them. And that's millimeter width on tire. Um, the 650 or a 27.5 is going to appeal to a lot of maybe mountain bike crossover okay. because you can get that fatter tire on there, run a little bit lower PSI. So some of the sloppy conditions, some of the harsher terrain that we encounter around here might be a more supple, um, kind of like the ride you guys figured out yesterday. It's, it's a very unique ride with that 650. Really? Okay. Every time I, I'm a 700 C guy until I put a 650 on the bike and I'm like, Oh, I should have this as well. Really? <laughs> and so it does make sense to have a frame with that clearance that accommodates both because they are they're unique styles. How's that for a vague answer? It, no, it's <laughs> it's it's actually good, you know, and I remember when when Gary Fisher first brought the idea of 29-inch wheels to mountain biking and how that was such a revolutionary idea. He was talking about rolling over terrain and making it a, a much easier thing when you're rolling through rocks. Um, and then all of a sudden now we're down to a smaller, we're down to a 27.5 on, on mountain bikes and people have their arguments on both sides. And now we're talking about switching this in gravel and everybody's all saying that it, you know, you, you're saying they're different groups who prefer Total one different over animal. the other. Yeah. And it, you know, oh, and geez, I got so then what blows your mind is when we start putting forks on the front that have suspension built in and dropper posts. One bike to rule them all. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, good God. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I always felt like the, the smaller the wheel, the better the wheelie. You know, that's, yeah. that's been my rule of thumb. <laughs> okay. So, but, oh, never mind. I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> yeah. um, how do you guys find routes? I mean, do you do all three of you guys just kind of do you stick to the same thing, or is it just as we were saying at the onset of the show? It's like I wonder where that goes, or do you when you leave the door, do you have a plan of where you're going? Um, well, if I'm trying to learn how to use a Wahoo element, yeah. <laughs> I'll uh, you know, I, I I planned a few routes that way, but yeah, there's a lot of I wonder where that goes. Really going on, yeah. No, I I think that's the big turn on about these bikes too is technology with strava the wahoos or garmin's you can download routes that your buddies have ridden and i mean you can build on those routes so it's it's limitless yeah it seems like every time i leave the house with the route plan in my head if i don't download it to the the garmin i just go wherever i want to go the tyranny of the garmin yes yeah. <laughs> yes and i've canceled that many a times and found a better route just found a dirt really? road that i didn't know where it went and said Let's see where this goes. Wow. I, uh, my Garmin needs to upgrade because I, what I, I put it in for the midnight century and I think it, sh it froze and shut down <laughs> about five times in that ride. And I was just like, I'm screwed. And I was relying on you that ride. And just <laughs> so you know, <laughs> well, I was relying on Josh who's not here. So we can talk bad about it because he took us off course, but I think he actually took us on a better route. It, it ended up being pretty fun. Yeah, it was yeah. actually pretty good. Um, uh, but I, I, I don't rely on that because I don't have the ability to use it. But, um, I, I will admit when I go out for a ride, I think about, okay, where are you going to go? Okay. You're going to do this loop. You're going to do that loop. And, and this style of cycling is taking a little bit of growing from for me to learn that it's okay okay <laughs> we have a hand in the back yeah saying yeah it's like i i don't understand either yeah you want to yeah grab press. i'm going to say real quick that morgan has always wanted to go on those rides because he likes to not have a route really he literally go on rides on the weekends going like okay i saw these trails when i was riding my car out towards Coeur d'Alene. i saw all these dirt roads i don't know where they go so now i'm going to go there today and see where they go i have no idea how long i'll be so there's that yeah and this is changing my mentality as a cyclist. I always was born and raised as a cyclist who had to do, okay, Tuesday's sprints, Wednesday's distance, Thursday's intervals. I'm running off of Eddie B's time. Uh, you know, I, I don't, you guys are nodding. Some of you might know what I'm talking about. Off of a specific training program. This is what I had to do to be able to race on the weekends. And it feels so weird to go out your door and not have to worry about what you're doing. And I don't know if listeners are going to, understand that or agree with that but it is a i don't know it's a, it's a change to go from a i think there's a difference between a cyclist who is a who is who just ride who likes to ride and enjoys the bike to a cyclist who is constantly in the race mentality i think what's cool about the gravel is you can do both i mean it, i know guys that ride these things that just want to pin it every ride that they're out yeah and i find myself now i'm like if I get into double digits for my average miles per hour, I'm pretty cool with that. <laughs> you know, and uh, uh, you find more elevation this way, better scenery. I mean, it's the, uh, what is it, every once in a while you got to stop and smell the flowers. Yeah. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that either. This is getting hard for me to understand. <laughs> Seriously, I, I, I grew up in a roadie mentality where mm -hmm. it was, you know, you train. It's training. 
it's not going out for a ride. Yeah. And and this whole culture seems to be shifting. You guys are kind of looking at each other. Yeah. Going, yeah. Well, well, I'm developing a technology, uh, you know, some devices to, you know, record KOMs for, uh, record the important things, you know, like <laughs> how much uh, <laughs> noon hydration drink someone shot out of their nostrils on a ride because something <laughs> funny happened, you know. <laughs> How much weird shit you find on the side of the road? <laughs> you know? so, How heavy of a bag can you bring back of trinkets <laughs> along the way or yeah. something? You know? Yeah. Well, it, yeah, I, I watch your guys' rides. I, I follow, I stalk you on social media, and I see some of this stuff where you guys are going out on these beautiful, epic rides. But the photos are more about, um, you know, the, the Thai iced tea at the end of the ride or the pizza place that was closed afterward. And, you know, then I look at the Strava, and you did – eight hours in the saddle or something like that. Is that how long it was? <laughs> I didn't even know. <laughs> I just know when my wife wants me home and like, <laughs> you know, and I, I was planning to knock out a little century yesterday, but you know, Josh was kind of cracking and like, Hey, you know, so, you know, we, we made phone calls or significant others and made a dinner out of it. You know, like that was the crux of that ride that oh, running man. into a friend on the top and, and chatting <laughs> with the mountain bikers who shuttled, you know, and feeling like, yeah, I enjoy that, but, you know, I enjoy leaving from my house, too. Tell me about the aptly named Dirty Spokanza. Oh, the Dirty Spokanza. Where did that come into your evil mind? Uh, Well, it started, it was a night just like this. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, last year in August, I left on my birthday. I thought, well, I'll ride over Mount Spokane, left from my house. It was the first time I'd done that, and... Uh, you know, found a gravel route up there and kind of uh, did that without uh, GPS of any kind. Uh, you know, so I was just trying to remember what I had seen on 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 the map on the computer at home and made it up there and, you know, I left before dark and thought, oh, it's foggy this morning. And then that, that was <laughs> the day the, the air quality index shot up to 393. You know, and, and they cancel pro bike races in China when it hits three. Seems like a good idea for altitude <laughs> riding, you know. <laughs> get above it, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah get above the, get to the, top, the toxic filth in the I air. I can't yeah. see the the ski lodge from the top of the hill, you know, and and hit Arbor, Quest, Arbor Crest Winery on the way down. and and. Dude, i got to ride with you. You yeah. reward yourself well. This is <laughs> well, good. you know, you got to have just the right number of drinks so you can make those switchbacks <laughs> down, down that hill. You can swerve just right. Yeah. Yeah, so some friends and I uh, planned a trip, and then, you know, same guy that wrote me into the cross, Washington, you know, he he bailed, and the other guy bailed, and, and uh, it was the same weekend. Morgan was in, uh, was in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, Doing fun stuff, yeah, and uh, you know, so it was just a ride with a few guys, and then and then I, one night I came up with a name. So you know, if if the most popular world ride in the gravel race in the world right now is is Dirty Kansas, and you know, what are you going to call a gravel ride in Spokane? Yeah, yeah, it Dirty. it almost. I almost wish Kansas didn't take that name because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's fucking perfect, man. It's, no, it's it all. Is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, we, we set a date and uh, and and I kept 
thinking of goofier things to do with it, you know, like a wheelie preem off the start, a big air preem, and uh, <laughs> milk and, chugging. Don't don't leave that thing yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get the milk out there this year. Uh, yeah, big air preem over at Beacon Sounds Hill, like a bad and, idea. and uh, then I stashed a bunch, you know, a bunch of water bottles for up on the mountain to, for people to bring back for prize. But there was one brick up there. That was the brick preem, <laughs> and so some guy Ryan Wade is his name. He he picked up that brick, and it's it's not on a, a, a gentle piece of terrain here, you know. He stuffed that thing in his pack and brought it back here. Uh, there was a kite flying preem for those who wanted to launch their kite from the summit. and, and uh, I'm so glad we have a video camera going because I'm looking at you like, <laughs> the fuck? What made you think of all this stuff? Was it just like you're lying in bed going, yeah, man, kites. Yeah. <laughs> kites would be freaking awesome. Dude, I should put a brick up there. That'd yeah. be good. And your wife's just going, go to sleep. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> Is it. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. By the way, you keep your curtains open at night. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so is it, It now, was last year the premier year, the first yeah, year? Yeah, yeah. We scheduled that the same. I, well, uh, I accidentally scheduled it the same weekend as Cor DeFondo and, and Jordan yeah. and his wife being here. Be, or Morgan, yeah. uh, <laughs> his yeah. wife being out of town, yeah. and uh, and you know we still had a, a dirty dozen people show up. Okay, and and was this an a kind of a, a agreement ride? I you know a gentleman's agreement kind of a ride where everybody just shows up. You're you know, you crash. You're on your own ass and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And how is it evolving? Uh, well, I, I just or is uh, couple weeks ago you had uh, chuck kenlin on <laughs> yeah, yeah and the light bulb went off that <laughs> oh I, I can get insurance to cover this thing because i've been going to fondos <laughs> and stuff all over the northwest and handing out stacks of dirty spokane's stickers and i thought yeah. yeah i could probably get sued that's gonna be weird when 100 <laughs> people show up and you're like <laughs> yeah it's, oh god um yeah. hi everybody so what's the route yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh before we get past it then dates and deets tell me what dates and details when is it happening no it's gonna it's uh first sunday in october that's gonna be our yeah that's we have a hole in the calendar there yeah yeah uh yeah and it's uh could be a bring your arm warmers kind of ride yeah 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 bring the bring the snowmobile suit is (laughs) coming back down if you haven't ridden in spokane if you haven't been in spokane in october uh then you don't live here because I honestly think that's the reason why we all live here. Because yeah, yeah. Spokane's uh, in October's most beautiful thing in the yeah, world. Yeah, you might need a thong. You might need a snowmobile suit. <laughs> <you never know. laughs> uh, <laughs> I could just imagine going. You know what? I'm going to do both. I'm going to just put, strap the thong on and pull the snowmobile suit <laughs> yeah. over the top, and I'm I'm covered. Yeah, it's all about layers. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, gentlemen, is is this a fad? Is um, is is gravel racing and gravel riding going to be the wave uh, we had uh, road racing with greg lamond and lance armstrong it you know that's multiple decades but that way it, it kind of ebbed and flowed mountain biking had its big heyday in the in the early 90s um are, are are we just seeing a fad or is this something that's here for the good no way it's a fad i think it's a you know it's always going to be a roller coaster but this is a a door opener i mean this this is a for lack of a better term, a new beginning. I mean, this is something that it is a new world out there. And I mean, angry farmers, wild dogs. I mean, what else do you want? It's <laughs> this is where it's at now. I, not a fad at all. No, I mean, no way. Guys, anybody else? 
Is it, you see it lasting? Is this something that you guys could find yourself? I. <clears throat> this was my first time down at Dirty Kanza, but I noticed something that I noticed with Iron Man years ago. It's going commercial. So I don't know if that's yeah, a, that's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Indicator of a fad, yeah. or yes, it's gone corporate. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. If every big company now is making gravel bikes, yeah. it's not a fad. Those molds are extremely expensive. That's a great point. Will something come along? But Brett, as you say, will something come along and 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 ruin it? And you know, popularity—it's just like finding a new band. You know, I remember seeing so Green Day in the Tri Cities in the <laughs> in the late '80s, and they were tiny little guys. And I saw them in a cinder block building, and I loved Green Day back then. And then, you know, Green Day got huge, and all of a sudden, everybody's claiming they sold out. You know, is gravel going to sell out? Will it become as popular as triathlon, where all the beautiful people are doing it, and nobody else wants to do it anymore? Yeah, there's an interesting dialogue in in the Kanza community about whether or not to run. Uh, you know, should they ban tri bars? Yeah, and I was going to ask your guys' opinion on that too, yeah. about on aero bars. On, do aero bars belong on gravel bikes? But before we get to that, tell me, you know, is it going to become too popular where people don't want to do it? Yeah, like the, the dialogue that I've heard is that, you know, well, Kansas exists because this is what the riders want. These bikes exist because this is what the riders want. This yeah. isn't mm -hmm. companies pushing the industry, it's, you know, riders pushing. For the people, by the people. And, 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 <laughs> and creating events, you know, like I have to tip my hat to Weird Al, you know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> you, you know I, I was thinking of, uh, you know, putting a, a, a snapping turtle and porcupine petting zoo on top of the mountain, you know, so people can relax for a little bit before they come down. But, uh, you know, and because uh, that's calming. And, and people show up to these things, you know, you know, you know, because they're fun you know you connect with people uh and that i think is the primary thing uh i, I was at a gravel fondo in in vermont last fall and got into a conversation with someone because i had just i'd heard about this uh this ride out there and i thought i want to go because I, yeah. I get this little pang that happens and i want to go and that's why i go and <clears throat> and the, i was riding with this this other woman and she said, oh, I know what that is. That's FOMO. I'm like, what the hell is FOMO? I'd never heard of FOMO. She's like, fear of missing out. Fear I'm missing like, no, out, yeah. I know that well. And, yeah. and I get that all the time. But that's not what this is because I'm feeling it now. You know, and I, when I think about it afterwards, I feel it then too, you know. And it, so it's something I'm calling Jocko. <laughs> okay. And it's already got its own theme song that just needs to be, you know, weird out a little bit. Okay. You know, it's a, an old uh, Devo song, Jocko Homo. <laughs> <laughs> joy of connection connection yeah joy of connection I like yeah it. yeah because like i'm friends with these guys yeah because you know we're gonna go out and we're gonna have fun and make each other laugh and and have food afterwards and get lost and and, and get flat and it's always gonna hurt a little bit you know one another's significant others and yeah. and uh and, and sometimes wonder why the hell we're out there yeah in the middle of winter and wow okay yeah and, and and Brad, as you were saying, it's it's the you against the course against yourself, y yourself against the course. It's not necessarily about pack finishes, and right? Like that. No, I know there's the racing side of it. And there's always going to be anytime you start at a clock and tell a bunch of people to go, you're going to have the racing side of it. But for the rest of us, it's just the survival side of it. 
just being out there, carrying what you can carry, seeing how far you can go, and if you can finish. Right on. Um, okay, thank you guys for that. I always like to end each episode with some sort of a, a just a kind of freelance kind of a fun thing. And recently it's been, I have a list of 13 questions, and I call it the 13. And uh, I, I, we each episode we go through a couple of those 13 questions, and um, and once that list is gone, I'll start with a new list of the 13. So you guys are going to be victims of the 13 here. Okay, blank uh, stares. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the, the, the list that I compiled a couple weeks ago, a couple shows ago, is under the theme of oopses, does, and oh my gods. Okay? It's either some more moment where you've gone, oh my god, or duh, or oops. Okay? Mm. So um, I, a week... A week if you choose not to answer, uh, I guess that's fine. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll be very upset and sad. Um, the f this is question number seven off of the list of, of thirteen, um, and it's perfect that, that you're here because uh, the, the question number seven is fashion faux pas. Uh, what is the fashion-related mistake you've looked back upon and said I shouldn't have done that? We've got a triathlete in the room. We've got a man who wears bib shorts over his jersey in the room. <laughs> um, I can personally say that I once did a triathlon with Pearl Izumi. Um, they called them grape smugglers at the time. It was basically a pair of, of tiny little underwear with a chamois in them. <laughs> and um, when I got out of the water, I jumped onto the bike, and my chamois was still full of water, and it looked like I was pregnant and my water broke <laughs> when I hit the saddle. And that was my, you know what, I probably shouldn't have worn those and I will never do that to myself again. It could be, it could be something, you know, a color of a jersey, a bike or something like that. You know, Justin, I'm going to pick you first. What is the fashion faux pas that you went, damn it, I shouldn't have done that? I don't know. I, I tend to KOM fashion faux pas. You know? <laughs> 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 is there one in particular that you were like, no, nah, I shouldn't have done that? Are you cool with them all? Uh, you know, probably I'll probably wake up around two fifteen in the morning and, th and think of one. You know, yeah. it'll probably be because it, I I wasn't committing some fashion faux pas. You know? <laughs> <laughs> there was yeah. no, there was no piece of gear or equipment, um, bright neon. Um, the some people uh, regret the third the mirrors on their glasses. Oh my goodness, I love my mirror. Do you really? <laughs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're cl you got a clean slate, man. You have yeah. no regrets. I, and then uh, I've I've actually st stopped uh, <laughs> snipping the the zip ties that hold it on because I I use the biggest dorkiest one. <laughs> Because I, I want to know how much sleep the cement truck driver had who's coming up behind me. You've got yeah. objects and mirror closer yeah, than like they that appear guy, on your rear view mirror. Yeah, that guy's, uh, guy's eyes are pretty bloodshot. Maybe yeah. I've got to pull onto the shoulder. Uh, and, uh, All right. Uh, yeah. The first person I met with zero fashion regrets. <laughs> Dude, I want to I want to step inside that mine. Oh, the ghost of the helmets in the background there just said something. On. Morgan, you got one? Um. I've got one. It's more of a quick story, though, and it was probably a faux pas based on that. And it's uh, I used to do triathlons quite a bit. And I always seem to go back to the tribe. Uh, it always goes back to the tribe. But uh, yeah. I was standing on a pool deck out in the valley here somewhere. And I had worn these swim trunks for a, a, a bit too long. So the chlorine had eaten them away so much. And <laughs> I jump up there to give them a little snug up, you know, make oh, sure yeah. they're all tight. Pull the things completely off. 
uh, standing there, bare ass. <laughs> and there was three ladies in the pool, and that was it. And me, and I look at him, and I'm like, I'm sorry. So, you know, <laughs> I lost my shame and pride a long time ago, and uh, I went and put on a pair of running shorts and came back and went swimming. And we were all friends, so. But that was a fashion faux pas. Wow. I should have changed my shorts a little bit earlier. Right on. And you come out of the water in a pair of running shorts, and those things stick to you. Yeah, too. they don't. So, it's yeah, not very flattering. Everybody gets to see that, your, you know? your religious faith. But they'd already the seen water. it, so yeah. I was like, I've got nothing else to hide at this point. And um, that was it. That was a very bad fashion faux pas. Rhett, you're under the wire. Wearing black in Kansas. Oh. Oof. Yes. Oh, Ooh, all yeah. black kit. That that's gonna be. We're gonna have to talk yeah. to Mojo about <laughs> yeah. some white jerseys. Some white jerseys for Kansas. I know there's been a lot of you know yeah, hype about call. that. Is do you guys really? Was it really a note? Do you think it was that no, much more noticeable than the guy I, next to you? Yes, I could feel the sun baking me alive. Really, in the black. Hmm. Okay, because it looked cool doing it yeah it looked good it looked good (laughs) yeah (laughs) stealthy yeah okay that's that's a good one that is a good one you guys um thank you first of all for your time um uh justin you got events you want to plug before we go Uh, we talked about spokanza yeah we got the dirty spokanza coming up uh and the midnight century midnight for sure yeah yeah that was that was the gateway drug for me and it probably won't happen until next year but uh I've started route construction on the double mica hernia. <laughs> so for somebody in, in England who has no idea what you're talking that, about, yeah. Yeah. tell me what the double mica hernia is okay. other than some sort of a rare okay. Ebola. Uh, apparently they were, uh, they were naming mountains around here. They, they couldn't think up enough names. So yeah. there, there's a mica peak Washington and right across the border, there's a mica peak Idaho. And so I thought it would be fun to uh, I didn't know this. do a ride from the shop here. You know, and have you know another thing where the winner buys the tacos? That's another shtick with the uh, dirty Spokane. <laughs> uh, you know, because you want to you want to think about that when you're gunning for the checkered flag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that, that's gonna summit both of those peaks. But then I thought, you know, why not throw Brown Mountain and uh, uh, the Rocks of Sharon in there too? You know, just to. Because that might be around 20K of climbing that day. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to suck. We're going to uh, Everest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big dude, man, and you're killing me with all this climbing. <laughs> um, oh, man. So, uh, and then you've got some sort of an aerial fest going on here soon, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's uh, the Spokatopia uh, Outdoor Festival over at Beacon Hill is, uh, you know, all things outdoors, including hang gliders, although... They won't let you demo those. That's uh, weird. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you think. Yeah, here's my driver's license. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'm emceeing the, uh, the the jump jam again this year. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's like herding cats get dirt jumpers to show up at the same time. But, it, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a good time, though, because we put out a tip jar and, in the viewing area. And, uh, and, you know, there's old school guys like me hitting the jumps, you know, just doing the bare minimum to get through without dying, and the the young dudes are backflipping everything, and oh and some God. young kids, it's some of the kids of some of the riders who are hitting these things for the first time, you know, and it's it's really cool. Oh wow, that's that's why people reproduce, you know. <laughs> see see guys riding with their with their kids, you know. It's like man, <laughs> that's why people buy health insurance. Yeah, it, 
<laughs> I can take my plug along in the basket, you know, but it's not quite the same. <laughs> Morgan, what's in store for the Sorry about the pun. What's in store for the shop? Where? Uh, how is it growing? What's, where well, we're going to keep riding with what we're doing, and uh, we do tons of rides out of here, So, especially on Thursdays. Every Thursday at 6, we do an adventure ride, so a little bit of pavement, a little bit of dirt, and we just – all the routes are different for the most part, and so uh, it's all about riding bikes, and that's what, what we want to do out of here. And Brett mentioned the pain cave earlier in oh, the show. Oh, pain cave, yeah. That comes in about late October when the snow starts flying. So I have a dear friend. Uh, she's a level one, two national CrossFit coach and competitor. So we clear the floor out in here, and she literally comes in and destroys us. Um, a lot of burpees, a lot of, a lot of weird songs that you'll end up hating because, <laughs> God damn, that Moby. <laughs> uh, Moby. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Pain Cave is something to really look forward to in the wintertime, and she does stuff around cyclist needs. Um, yeah, she's she's quite amazing. But uh, yeah, always busy, always doing stuff cycling-related, and uh, you know, riding a lot of bikes if we can. I know the answer to this, but the listener needs to know the answer to this. How much do Pain Cave workouts cost? They're free. Yeah. Um, uh, I like to see this store. We had 24 people in the store at one time doing this, and this store could not really facilitate that. Yeah. Uh, so it was quite fantastic. That that brings a little tear of joy to my eye, you know. <laughs> and uh, I, I it, once again, it goes back to the culture. Whether we're riding bikes, whether we're doing pain cave, I, I like seeing people involved. Um, that's why maybe one day I'll run for mayor of Millwood. There you go. I just did. I just throw that out there. Oh, the, the candidacy has been announced. Oh, well, not yet. You heard it here first, everybody. <laughs> um, and you know, I've been here more times when you've had crockpots full of food and um, you know parties and celebration and stuff like that. And I talk a lot about it on the show about the importance of supporting your local bike shop. And for those of you who are still ordering things online, um, screw you because uh, yes. Because you. in all honesty, hearing what you're doing and all this stuff is for free. People could show up. They don't have to be on one of your bikes. Nope, not at all. Um, and and you, you're missing out if you're doing that that shit. So, um, dude, I you're, you, it's got to be an uphill battle. But I applaud you for doing what you're doing and and, you. and keeping it small and making it making it work like that. So, uh, Brett, are we going to be able to track you in Kansas next year? You're doing the 200, right? You said I it will here. be there for the 200 as long as they. Take my application. <laughs> I will be there. Does that require? Does a team effort help get into that too? I think once you've done it, they'll oh. probably accept you. Okay. Getting in this year, there was nine hundred for the for the one hundred, and there's close to two thousand for the two hundred. Wow. And just a handful for that's the three fifty. Oh my god. But uh, I'm hoping. Well, yeah, because that's the insanity scale. You know, exactly. it's like they have the super padded rooms for a very short amount, a small amount of people. So, yes, yeah. I'm hoping doing it once will kind of get you in the next year. And I'd also like to do like you've done, because uh, I do turn 50 next year, <laughs> and this was on my bucket list was to do uh, Leadville. Leadville. Oh man. <laughs> it's a great ride, uh, you know, uh, and and you're right. I was because when you were talking about doing it one year and they they let you back in the next year, I think I had a an offer to go back the next year. <laughs> no, 
um, <laughs> uh, just because it was <laughs> it was a beautiful thing, but it was it was exhausting. So you know, and uh, I think there's so many of those cool events like that that we you can you can bounce around and do all kinds of stuff. I know there's one in in Idaho that I'd like to even think doing that Rebecca's Private Idaho. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys know about that oh, one. Yeah, that sounds yeah. like a great ride. So. Well, you guys, uh, thank you for your evening. Thanks for being uh, being here on the show, and uh, and uh, let's all go ride. Super fun. Right Love it. Thanks, guys. Right and there you have it, you guys. LBS time, local bike shops. If you are shopping online, as I said when I was at Mojo, shame on you. Stop it. Go to the local bike shop. Get to know the people. Go on rides with them. Give them some of your money. Okay, I'm not saying you have to buy everything from them, but support your local bike shops. Without them, this entire sport and industry would be completely different, and I don't think it would be for a good way. Big thanks to Morgan and the crew for letting us come out there and be a part of that show. I love going out. I love going to bike shops, and I love being able to talk to people about things they're passionate about. And gravel cycling, if you've been looking at the stats or if you've been seeing people riding or looking on social media, gravel cycling is in. It is the thing. And I agree with Morgan. I don't think it's going to die. I don't think it's going to die. I think it's just going to keep evolving and we're going to be able to go out and ride pretty much anywhere on, I don't know, one bike. Don't tell my wife I said that because I don't want to stick to just one bike. You guys, Bike Town is still up. Thank you guys for your feedback. Thank you guys for the views. It is blowing up. I love seeing people care about their towns again send me the information tell me where you think a bike town episode should be filmed and we will get in contact and see what we can do i think it'd be a lot of fun keep uh sending me emails by the way we do have that telephone number once we get the studio going up but we are taking your viewer listener questions and commentary and we are more than happy to put those onto the air and if you're okay letting us play them back on the air we will do so more episodes coming through. Thank you for your feedback. Patrick at packfiller.com. Find us on social media through Packfiller, Facebook, Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast. And I guess I'll talk to you next week. Tour de France preview. Booyah. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.